0: All right. Hallelujah. Welcome back to our discipleship training course. And so we're going to jump right in, starting with uh, our preliminary poem called The World of Scripture. It says, welcome to my world, a place where the natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is told from the beginning when it appears as though one is losing they're actually winning where trumpets are depicted as voices and the persecuted righteous don't complain but actually rejoice here swores are likened to the word The demons a bird the dead are yet alive The living are actually dead blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread it's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor and the poorer one becomes they're later found to be that much richer i'm speaking of no other place but the gospel world of scripture so please turn off your phones perk up your ears and get ready to listen for the rock aqua is about the begin hallelujah yeah all right so we're continuing on and we are still concerning ourselves with um, abram or abram you know and which of course means exalted father and so uh we're gonna get into that today and we're gonna go on a little rabbit trail today because you know um yeah i kind of put it on my heart that it was necessary uh I would have rather avoided it but you know okay <laughs> just being honest but you know yeah says otherwise <laughs> you know so uh we're still in the realm of you know concerning ourselves with ivum and and mel kazadek has come on the scene and you know so yeah uh, see if we can't get up to speed with what's going on some pretty Important stuff happening here. So last week we spoke about how Melchizedek had two kingdoms.
1: Mm. Yeah, of course. Mm.
2: Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: okay yeah so last week we spoke about how Melchizedek kids they had two kings which corresponded to abrams or man's two natures <laughs> you don't like when i say that you? <laughs> 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 you know and you know who remembers man's two natures I mean heavenly and earthly yes man has two nations one heavenly one earthly um, we also spoke um, how in ancient times the covenant of bread and the covenant of wine were two distinct covenants you know which also um, correlate with with man's two natures you know and so last week I said that Yah B.M. Melchizedek was giving Abram an invitation so to speak, into his family tribe and promising him nourishment as long as he stayed with him and, um, of course, followed the house rules. Mm -hmm. You know, on the other hand, we spoke about, you know, and um, we spoke about Yah via the king of Salem giving Arun an invite to enter into what was called a covenant of friendship, you know, uh, in the ancient times, you know, and so uh it was imperative and it is imperative for us to understand the cultural norm of that day concerning deities promises oaths covenants etc you know today it's fair to say that the cultural norm is for folks to lump all these elements into one you know and they're not one you know And, and so like you know this meant everything to the people of the East, you know, that were the people of scripture. And so if we don't understand these things, you know, then we're not gonna properly understand the perspective that Yah is, is coming from, that he's that He's telling us things. Amen. Yes. You know, uh, because if someone speaks to you and they're you utilizing, you know, ancient day idioms. And you're not familiar with that ancient culture, then mm. you're not gonna, you're likewise not gonna um be familiar with those ancient idioms. And so they're not going to they're not gonna understand. And that's that's true even in today's time with present-day idioms. You go to different parts of the con- of the world or the country even, and you know, they have different idioms, you know. And if you don't know, you're not familiar with the idioms, then you you'll be kind of at a loss. Mm. You know, just for for instance, you know, within within uh you know the communities, you know, in and about Detroit, there's a saying that's kind of unique to Detroit. You know, and if someone came here, they would have no idea, you know, what was being spoken of. And, you know and that that phrase that phraseology is is what up though <laughs> what up though is native to Detroit you know and you know it's a term of endearment endearment you know and just you know um, a way of saying you know hello to a friend you know mm-hmm. nevertheless you know like those of us who know we know but those of us who don't don't and it sounds ridiculous it's like what do you mean you know uh what's a doe a doe is a is a you know female deer you know you know so it's like you know this would make absolutely no sense you know but every language without exception has idioms every language has slang terms you know that that you know cater to the culture and so that's important to understand. Yeah, I pray that you uh, straighten this uh, this out and this it's kind of nerve-wrecking. I know the Prince of the Air is trying to do his thing. Oh yeah, it's definitely plugged up. You know, uh, you know. So, so yeah. So I'm just saying that to say that you know these things mean mean something you know now the giving of bread and wine you know was an invitation for abram to enter into these covenants you know with elohim they weren't the actual they weren't the actual covenants themselves only the invitations to do so okay and once you know once you understand what a covenant is you know that it could not have been a covenant you know because you know the, the um the word for covenant if i'm not mistaken in the, in the hebrew is a wreath, you know which means to cut you know because you cut a covenant you know because there was there is no covenant without blood okay you know and so i just want you to understand that so it, it wasn't a there wasn't a covenant you know and like you know even in the earlier part of um, the story of Abram, there was no covenant made, you know, so we're going to go over some of these things today, you know, so I want you to understand that Abram's story starts off with a promise, a promise, not a covenant, okay,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. you know, and this promise is given in Genesis 12, 1 through 7, can I have my first reader read Genesis 12, 1 through 7, please,
3: Now Yahuwah had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed, as Yahuwah had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, unto the plain of Morab. And the Canaanite was then in the land and Yahuwah appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto Yahuwah who appeared unto him.
0: Hallelujah. Okay. So hereby we see Yah making Abram a promise. Mm-hmm. Not an oath. Nor a covenant. Mm-hmm. But a promise. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, mm-hmm. And so this promise was that if Abram would get out of his his home country, mm-hmm. you know, let me put it let me put it in another way that that you know, because I, I want you to be able to identify uh, with what Yah wants you to do as well, mm-hmm. you know, and how it applies to you, you know. So, you know, basically, you know, what Yah was saying, he what he was telling Abram, and what he tells every would be believer, you know, is if you get out of your
3: comfort zone.
0: Mm-hmm you know um you know and get away from thy kindred (laughs) and from thy father's house (laughs) unto a land i will show thee see and when one is in their own country they're by default they're more comfortable because you know they know they know more people and when they're with their kindred in their father's house you know everyone's family so again they're quite comfortable you know you know and when you leave that comfort zone you know it could be a bit intimidating you know, how many went off to college, you know, and you know, stayed somewhere else, you know. Remember how that felt when you first left home? Yeah, it felt liberating, you know, for many people. <laughs> they felt like they got a prison, but you know, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, it was a bit intimidating, you know, because when you finally got there and you're like, okay, now if you went with friends, you know, you had some type of you know, associates, but I want you. You know, to you picture the same thing, but you know, no one. Mm-hmm. You don't know anyone. You know that that you know that 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 pretty much happened to me. You know, I ended up going to Las Vegas. You know, I pretty much didn't know anyone. You know, and so, yeah. You know, it's, it's a, you know, it can be a bit intimidating. Let me just put it that way. You know, but this is what y'all was asking. Album to do, leave out your comfort zone, leave your security you know um so like you know of course at your father's house nobody's gonna bother you you know you have you have security right you know i mean the city he lived in was named after his brother so you know it was it was full of his people right you know leave your comfort zone leave your security blanket you know and go where i tell you and if you do i promise you i will make of thee a great nation I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee I will curse them that curse thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed and so Abram took them up on the deer and in verse five it tells us and into the land of Canaan they came so he left he went went where he told him you know he crossed over the border and then he had to continue on He continued on into sickle now i have you know that sickle is like right in the middle of the land of canaan so he got to you know he want me to go go into the land of canaan okay i'm going into the land of canaan i'm right in the the midst of the land of canaan i stopped what you want me to do now Mm -hmm. you know now i'm in the midst of the land you told me to go to right you know and it says, and Yahuwah appeared unto Abraham. He he did what, what Um Yah asked him to do, you know, and he got there and Yah appeared to him. And then we're told, and there built builded he an altar unto Yahuwah who appeared unto. Him. Okay, so you know, hereby we see he made a promise. Abraham kept up his end of the bargain. Now, guess what? Yah is on the hook. Mm-hmm. This is where you want Yah. You want him on the hook. Mm-hmm keep his promise to you
1: okay.
0: right you know but this is where Arum has him. you know but you know remember y'all came to i yeah you
1: know
0: y'all came to i telling look look here i want to use you you know i want to use you i need you to do this for me if you do this for me then i promise you i'll do do this that and the other for you <laughs> right that's what he that's what he did right yeah, all right Consider Genesis 13, 1 through 4, and Abram went up out of Mitzrayim, and he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot whiffled into the south, and Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold, and he went on his journey from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been in the beginning, between, between Bethel and, and, and Hai you know, unto a place, uh, unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at first, and Abram called on the name of Yahuwah. All right. You know, so, you know, there was a famine in the land, and Abram ended up going to Nisra'im, and you know, and came out. He was rich, in cattle silver and gold, right? You know, now, here it is, Abram comes and talks to, uh, to uh, Abram again, you know, and tells him in verses fourteen through eighteen, he said, it says, and Yahweh said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land which thou seest to thee um, will I give it, and to thy seed forever, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth. Then shall thy, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, where I will give it unto thee. And I will remove this tent, and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Havilah, and built there an altar unto Yahuwah. And so here it is; he's on the move again, you know, because now he understands Yahweh wants him to walk throughout all the land, because this is the land he's going to give him and the seed, you know, so he wants him to be familiar with. You know, so back on the road he goes. And then uh, we have uh, Genesis 14, 13 through 20. Uh, Let me have my next reader read, Genesis 14, 13 through 20, you know, and see what happens next with Abram. And
2: there came one that had escaped and told Abram, the Hebrew, he dwelled well, dwell in the high plain of Mari, uh, the Amorite, brother of Esco and brother of Abner, and these were confederate with, Ab- with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother was, was taken captive, he armed his trained servants born in his own house. 318 and pursued them unto Dan. And, if, and he divided himself against them, he and his servants. By night he smote them and purchased and pursued them unto Cobra, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and, and his goods and the women also and the people and the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of the Shed- 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 uh, Lamar whatever and of the kings that were with him at, at the valley of Sh- Shavar which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the, the prince. He was the priest of the most high Elohim. And he blessed him and said, Blessed he be Abram of the Most High Elohim, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed, he, and blessed be the most high Elohim, which has delivered thine enemy into the hand and he gave him titles of all. Ties. Uh, ties of all,
0: sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so here it is. You know, we see that's whilst whilst in the land, Alvin running into a little problem. You know, well, actually, his, his, uh, his nephew running into a little problem. But his nephew problem is his problem. Because so that's his family, right? Only family he has in that land. You know, so, you know, he has to, you know, go and defend his family. You know, and so, you know, he, he goes and do so. And take note that it was Yah who gave him the victory. You know, verse 20, which have delivered thine enemies. Blessed be the Most High on him which have delivered thy enemies into thy hand. You know, and so it says he gave him tithes of all. All right. Uh, probably don't go in that order. but anyway. So again, Melchizedek was given Abram an invitation into his family or tribe, and promised him nourishment as long as he stayed with him, and um, and of course followed the house rules. Now, what I want you to, to be want you to see is that Yah made Abram a promise, and at this point. Yah kept that promise mm-hmm. you know uh as we said uh you the king of salem is giving abram an invite to enter what is called in ancient times um amongst the peoples of the east a covenant of friendship you know and so you know he's giving them a, uh offering them a covenant of bread you know which was nourishment you know promising to him that he will, he will, you know, make certain that, you know, he is nourished at all times, you know, he makes certain that he's nourished and that he's well kept, you know, physically, you know, and then the, uh, the covenant of friendship is a covenant whereby it was actually, you know, um, when it was actually entered into as a covenant, you know, where there was actual blood, you know, then it was, it was, you know, my life is your life type deal, you know, it was, uh, uh, a unification you know that took place you know um, and so like this is what Yah was inviting Abraham you know into you know and I want you to see that first he made a promise then he killed his promise so uh you know I want you to be able to see that you know when he made that promise in, in let's just back up. When he made that promise in, in, in Genesis 12, he said he's gonna make of him a great nation. You know, I want you to think about that for a minute. You know, when he came back, you know, after winning that battle with those five kings, after the peoples of the land of, of Canaan is, is um not Canaan, but Sodom and Gomorrah and the other um Zor and the other uh two cities, you know after they were defeated, and he went and defeated those who defeated them and, and took back the people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think that his name was great
1: mm-hmm.
0: in that in that land? Do you think he was foreseen as a great nation? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, cause he, you know, he, he, he had, you know, just being conservative, Just being conservative, he had, you know, um, 500 people, you know, to to his camp, at least, you know, you know, um, and that's being super duper conservative. Why? Because he had 318 servants that was born in his house that he, that was, that was trained that he took with him. Now that's not counting women and children. So his camp would have been well over five hundred. I, I pray you can see that. You know, so I'm just being conservative here. You know, to show you that you know he was a great nation, not so much in numbers, you know, but you know, in being able to pull off this victory. You know, with Yah working with him to pull off this victory. Now, the promise also was, "I will bless thee." Now we see Melchizedek coming and doing what blessing, right? Said, "I will make thy name great." Now he just defeated five kings. You know, and he's neither he or his confederates were kings. You think his name became great? You know, and he says, and thou shalt be a blessing. When he came back, those cities that had lost their battle and had their people and their goods taken, he freely gave it back. Was he a blessing to him?
1: Yeah. You
0: know, says thou shalt be a blessing surely he was a blessing says i will bless them that bless thee Mm -hmm. the only ones who took a portion were the ones that was in confederate with them the amorite brothers Mm -hmm. they were blessed because he was blessed can you see that and this is what he said he said no i'm not gonna take nothing but i i can't i can't speak for their portion you know they get they 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 get their portion because you know they they fought, you know they was right there with us, you know so they were blessed because of the blessing of Abraham. You know, and it says, you know, and curse him that curse of thee. Now, when he went into Mizraim, he was cursed when they took his other half and. She was in danger of being becoming defiled, and then his mate would have been defiled, and he wouldn't have been able to, you know, have offspring with. Him. You know, but because they wronged him, Yah wronged them. They were cursed because he was cursed. Can you see that? So he truly did curse him that cursed, that cursed yeah. And it says, indeed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And we see, you know, that all those families of Solomon, Gomorrah, Zor, and those other two uh, two uh uh cities, all their families were blessed because of him, as well as the uh Amorite brothers that was in confederacy uh, with him they also was blessed. You know, so we see, you know, especially those who were in Confederate with from the Amorite brothers, you know, from the planet of uh, Mamrie, we, we see them as a type of first fruit, you know, of these families that that will become blessed because of him. Can you see that? I pray you can see that. You know, and so I'm showing you this so that you so that you can see, you know, that Yah kept his end of the bargain. You know, he kept his end of the bargain. And so here it is. Abram kept his end of the bargain. He went where Yah told him to go. And Yah did what he said he was going to do. So Yah came to Abram, told him, hey, I want to use you, but I need you to go here,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, in order for me to do that. And if you do this, then I promise, you know, that I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Abram accept this pledge given by Yah, goes where he tells him, and receive the this, that, and the other that Yah, Yah promised. Mm-hmm can you see that that that's what happened Mm -hmm. okay you know so now when we come to melchizedek yah is now coming and offering an invite to covenant with him Mm -hmm. so it's like he came and pledged to Abu, you know just like if i come to one of you all and i you know, and I make you a promise. Hey, if you, you know, I, I need I need you. If you if you work with me, then I promise to do this, that, and the other. You know, and you like, uh, but imagine I'm a stranger. And you're like, well, yeah, sound good, you know. Um, you know, but somehow I talk you into it, and you're like, okay. Uh, and then you know, you do what what I asked, and, and I make good on my promise. You know, and and now I still need you, you know, and so, but now that you see that I'm a man of my word, now I'm asking you, hey, why don't you enter into partnership with me? Why don't you covenant with me? So you can be a part of my plan, you know, that I'm trying to do, you know, because I see that that you you were obedient and you see that I was faithful. Amen. Mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I need someone obedient and you need a deity that's going to be faithful to you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you need a deity that's going to, that's going to make certain you stay nourished. You're going to, you need a deity that's going to make certain that your life is, is, is spared,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? And, and so, you know, when they mess with you, they actually messing with me. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, that's what happens when you enter into covenant with someone. When you enter into covenant, there's a unification that takes place. You know, and so if he accepts this covenant, you know, then a unification will take place and then, you know, they will become one in the same. Their lives will become intermingled. That's what happens when you enter into covenant. You know, uh, when you know, so, so, but that, that needs blood to happen. Okay. You know, you, that's, that's not just words, you know, that's like the, the highest, you know, um, form of commitment, you know, and so, you know, blood has to be involved. And so I want you to understand that because, you know, um, you know, you read so so many commentaries and so many people say, like, you know, oh, okay, you know, you read uh uh Genesis 12, and they're like, oh yeah, that, you know, that was when Yah co- made his covenant with with Audum. No, it's not. That's when he made him a promise. You know, so uh I want us to understand the cultural norm of that day concerning deities and promises and oaths and covenants. You know, a deity, you know, was you know, uh was a God. What is a what is a God? strong judge or ruler Mm -hmm. right you know and so you know the peoples and now this is not just in israel i want you to understand that there's not a region on this planet that did not have a history of blood sacrifices Mm -hmm. and blood covenants Mm -hmm. please understand that this was something that was that's that was central to the world at large there no civilization they can't find any civilization that didn't have these these blood covenants Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. all the ancient civilizations had them and that's that's crucial that you understand that Mm -hmm. you know so i want you to you to be able to see that you know, but I want you to also see that Yah, he didn't do, he would, he he set himself apart from the other gods.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because usually with the other gods, it was the people who would petition the gods. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they would offer a sacrifice, you know, in hopes of uh, alluring or attracting mm-hmm. certain gods. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they would make a sacrifice, you know, to invite that God. See, but Yah didn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Yah went to the person mm-hmm. and pledged himself to the person. Can you see the difference? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's a it's the total opposite of the norm. You know, so Yah was setting himself apart. This was unusual and in, in biblical days in those ancient times you know the deities the gods didn't petition the people the people petitioned the god mm-hmm. you know and they would invoke those gods through their blood sacrifices because it was believed that i'm getting ahead of myself mm-hmm. all right let me slow down all right so let me show you some examples okay we have first kings Chapter one, one through four, it says then Moab rebelled against Israel. You know, after the death of of Ah, uh, oh, let me let me uh, uh, let me say this before before we go forward. You know, you know, just to show you, like, yeah, this was this was unusual. Like the norm was, like I said, you know, they would do a blood sacrifice and then they would invite the God and then they would petition the God. You know, so they would invite the God to the sacrifice and through the sacrifice there will be a uh intermingling or a unification that's made and so then you know they will petition the guy for what they want you understand you know and so i just wanted to uh show like you know like y'all came to abram and so you see the process is reversed y'all come to abram and after y'all come to abram abram builds an altar to yah Mm -hmm. so he sacrifices after yah comes to him not before he don't sacrifice and yah is drawn to his sacrifice Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you see see the difference Mm -hmm. you know also you know um when he come up out out of um mitzrayim you know yah had just brought him up out of mitzrayim miraculously you know um, because you know he had put that curse upon Pharaoh and his whole household, right? Yeah. You know, and so when Abram gets up out of there and gets gets settled, what does he do? He he um go to the altar and call on the name of Yahweh again. This is backwards, you know. Normally, what you would see is like, okay, they come, they took Sarah. And then Avon will petition Yah, you know, um, by making sacrifice to him and you know, and petition him to do, you know, to do his his his, his bidding. You see, but that's not how, how it went. You know, yah is setting himself apart from all the other gods. said, no, I, I don't need that. I don't need I don't need that that blood like he would say later i don't enjoy the blood of goats and, and sheep and bulls you know you know so we see this process is reversed when it comes to yah mm-hmm. you know so you know here it is yah comes, and then abram out of gratitude you know gives an offering to yah mm-hmm. because he didn't know what else to do because the, the um, cultural norm of his day was okay you know to a peas a deity you offered sacrifice
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know and so this is what he was doing mm-hmm. you know y'all came to him though you know he didn't he didn't have to petition him, mm-hmm. you know and so same thing in, in Missraim when he comes out and then in um verses 14 through 18 again we see Yahweh said unto abram and you know and then after he came and came unto him and he spoke with him what does abram do? He built there an altar unto Yah and he offered another sacrifice.
1: Yeah.
0: You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, you see how he's doing this in reverse order. Mm-hmm. You know? So you know that's important that we see that because this is this is showing Yah to be that holy L. Yeah. Yeah. you know, that set apart yeah. L. You know, he's not he's not doing it like uh like the pagan gods, you know, he's setting himself apart,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and so. Here it is in Genesis 14, you know, um 13 through 20. We see that he dwelt in the plain of uh, memory you know, and he he went and he uh had to fight to get his family back, and Yah helped him. Now, now check this out. Instead of after the end of this, instead of you know, he didn't get a chance to make it back home to offer a sacrifice. To uh to Yah on the altar. Instead, Yah sent someone to him. Mm. Can you see that? Mm. This time, you know, he's like, "No, we're gonna do something different this time." Mm. This time, Yah sent his representative to him to offer him an opportunity to enter into covenant with him. Mm. So after he he's come and he's pledged himself. To Abram, and Abram was obedient, yeah. and he he see like okay, I chose the right one, and mm-hmm. Abram, you know, sees that he he uh, that he was an El, Elohim of 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 his word, he kept his promises. It put him in a perfect position to enter into covenant.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You know, okay, now you know, I know I can trust you. You know, you can trust me. So you know, I need I need to get this job done. You know, I need somebody I can trust. You know, so let's enter into partnership now. Now that you know, now that we know we can trust one another. You see how that, see how that's going? Yeah. You know, and so this is what Melchizedek come to send together the proposition. I forgot to put that verse in there. Hmm.
1: Um,
0: And so this is what we see here, Melchizedek coming to bring out that proposition and this is why he gives him the bread and the wine, you know, uh, which is a proposition of the bread covenant and the uh, covenant of friendship, you know, and in exchange, you know, in exchange and, or in acknowledgement, I should say, you know, Abram gives him tithes of all, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, and you see this repeated, you know, I, I don't have the passage up here, but briefly, uh, you know, your scripture and you'll, you'll be able to identify with what I'm talking about. When Jacob is going to when he's going to Laban, going to his uncle's house, and he goes to this very same place, this very same place where Auburn was staying right here, Bethel. You know, and he has, he uses a rock for a pillow.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And he has, he has a dream, and Yah gives him some promises. Yeah. Yah makes some promises to him, right? And Yah say, you know, okay, and this is, this is how it's going to be but y'all can say no nah, hold on because you know you, you know i don't know you, you i don't know if you who you say you are you know i mean i'm, I'm adding you know um you know he didn't actually say that but you know this is what is what's implied i i don't i don't really know if you know who you say you are you know if you keep your promises and bring me back safe then i'll give you tithe I'll give you ties of arms. I'll give you 10%. You
1: know,
0: and we later see that Yahweh made good on that promise, you know, because Yah made good on his promise. You see? You see how that goes? See, you know, but again, Yah came to Yahweh while he was dreaming. It's not that Yahweh made a sacrifice unto yah and then you know yah answered the call of the sacrifice that's the way it normally went, but that's not the way it works with yah you understand i pray that you can understand i pray yeah you know, i'm not coming off confusing you know you know and so this is why you see Yahca. he pours the oil on the rock which is actually a type of sacrifice but then, okay let me, let me keep going. all right um so we have Moab, you know, uh, just to show you like this was not the norm. Second Kings chapter one, one through four. Then Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. And Ahaziah fell down through the through a lattice in his upper chamber. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. So it's this problem, you know, Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Moab. Azaziah, he's king now, and he falls through a lattice in his upper chamber, you know, um, that was in Samaria. And so he got sick. Mm -hmm. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go inquire of the Elzebub, you know, um, Mm -hmm. of uh, the God of Ekron, Mm -hmm. whether I shall recover of this disease. Mm -hmm. Now, take note that he wants to petition the God. So he sends messengers Mm -hmm. to go and petition the God. And of course, he's gonna send them with, with uh, you know, some type of payment or you know, retribution, you know, for the petition. You understand? This is how it was normally done. You know, if you wanted, if you wanted something from one of the deities, then you would have to sacrifice unto him. Mm. You know, or you'll have to go and pay one of their priests to sacrifice on your behalf. You understand? Mm-hmm. This is how this normally went.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, you know, but unfortunately, well, you know, it was fortunate but unfortunate for Ahaziah, you know, like he was already covenanting, you mm-hmm. know, with, with Yahuwah, and Yahuwah is a jealous elf. That's Right. Amen. Yeah. You know, and so <laughs> we read in verse three it says, But the angel of Yahua said unto Eliyahu, the Tishbite, arise. Go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say unto them, Is it not because there is not an Elohim in Israel mm-hmm. that ye go and inquire of the Elzebub, the God of Ekron? Mm-hmm. Now, therefore, thus saith Yahuwah, Thou shalt not come down from that bed which thou art gone up, but thou shalt surely die.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Eliyahu departed. Mm-hmm. So, you see, that's how it normally went. Mm-hmm yeah this is not how this normally goes either you know you don't <laughs> just keep blinking you know um, so let's take a look at another example second kings five five through eight it says and the king of syria said go to go and i will send a letter unto the king of israel let me give you a little backdrop to the story okay so this is a story concerning naaman and so Naaman, you know, uh was a fierce warrior, you know, he was uh, you know, he was like one of the head commanders of the army of Syria, right? And so he had this little, this little maiden, Israel, Israelite maiden, you know, that that he had acquired, you know, through the spoils of war. And so um, he had he was a leper. And so his wife was worried about him, and the maiden, you know, served his wife. And she was, was like, man, you know, if he was. He was uh in Israel. Israel. He you know went to the a prophet in Israel. He can he, he healed him. healed you know, and so you know uh, she told uh, Naaman. Naaman told King. King said okay. You know well let's try. You know so the king of Syria said go to go and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of rings. Now, I want you to see, like, you know, when you went to these prophets, when you went to them to petition the God on your behalf, you didn't go empty handed. You know, you may remember the story of Saul or Saul, you know, when they were going to see, uh, when they were going to see Samuel, they was like, but we don't have nothing to bring them. Because everybody knew if you want to go petition the God, then you, you know, you have to bring something you know what i'm saying there has to be some kind of sacrifice and sacrifices weren't free and the prophet's time wasn't free amen you know so this is this is how they got done and so here it is we see in verses 5 in verse 6, it says, and he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, now, when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman, my servant, to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter, he rent his clothes and said, am I Elohim to kill and to make alive that this man do send me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me like he just he just want to fight <laughs> you know yeah, do what to me you know recover this man of leprosy and so it was so when Elisha, the man of elohim this is why it's good to have a man of elohim right you know it was so when Elisha, the man of elohim had heard that the king of israel had rent his clothes that that he sent to the king saying wherefore has thou rent thy clothes what am i you know oh. chopped liver what you mean Oh no! He didn't say all that. He said, "Let him come down to me, and he shall know that there's a prophet." It's right here. he's like, "No, no, don't play me, sick. Don't play me cheap." The to, to, to L I serve. He willing. Amen. Right. I'm a, you know. Yeah. I'm putting no limits on on my L. You know, and of course, he went and he got healed, right?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, but what I want you to see is the way that deities were petitioned, you see what I'm saying, you know, so again, I show you another witness of how, you know, they petitioned them, they didn't come to him, you know, y'all didn't come to Naaman and say, hey, go see my man, you you see what I'm saying, you know, you know, uh, this is how it was done, and one more example, found in 1 Kings 18, 25, and 28, and this is what what my man Eliyahu again, and it says, and Eliyahu said unto the prophets of Baal, look, like, you gotta love this story, yeah, you gotta love this, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So so yeah, he, he, Eliyahu said unto the prophets of Baal, choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it first, for ye are many, and call call on the name of your um, gods, but put no fire under. Them. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and they called on the name of Baal from morning uh, even until noon. You know, from morning eve even until noon, saying, "Oh, Baal, hear us." But there was no voice, nor any that answers. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Eliyah who mocked them, saying, "Cry You know, you not maybe you not yelling loud enough, but even a guy. Either he is talking or he is pursuing or he's a, in a journey or apparently he's sleeping <laughs> and must be awake. You know, you, you gotta cry a little loud, you know, and they cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lances till blood gushed out upon them. Now, this is important, this is very important because this is this is you know a big part of the reason that we came here and we're gonna do a little rabbit trail here because um. This is actually like something I you know I wanted to take a deeper dive into anyway. And so y'all just put it before us and so gave me the opportunity to do so. So we're gonna do so, mm-hmm. right? Okay, it says and they cried aloud and cut themselves after the manner with knives and lances. The manner, the custom, the manners and customs of the pagan people around the world was to offer blood sacrifices. Mm-hmm. You have to understand this. You know, it was. The same as you know, the covenants that that we enter into today, or I'm sorry, that's old ter- terminology, old school terminology, contracts we enter into today. Mm-hmm. So the covenant of old is just simply the contract of today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You understand? Mm-hmm. You know, so I want you to be able to see that. See, because the whole justice system in this country, and just about every other country, is based upon contract law. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have to understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you a lot of people think that when they go to see the judge at the courtroom that the judge is there to determine who's right and wrong. No. He, he, technically speaking, he's not. You know, he's there to determine who has breached their contract. Mm-hmm. That's the reason that he's there. Yeah. You have to understand these things. You know, okay, so take note that the pagans believe that their gods were fed and nourished by the blood of sacrifices mm-hmm. this is why you see them cutting themselves you know now they already done cut the um the bull mm-hmm. the actual sacrifice mm-hmm. but it was believed that human blood you know was uh, was more preferred mm-hmm. than animal blood
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know because a human life form was a higher life form yeah. than an animal life form you understand mm-hmm. and so this is why they used the bull the bull was the highest animal life form you see mm-hmm. you know and so but when that didn't get the job done mm-hmm. you know the priests of Baal they began crying out loud and cutting themselves you know to entice Baal to come to the meal mm-hmm. you know and that's how they did you know so take note that the pagans believed that their gods were fed and nourished by the blood of the sacrifices not the flesh not the flesh
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know their deities didn't consume the flesh that's important to note as well it was all about the blood you know hence they gathered together blood for their devils mm-hmm they'll gather the blood for their devils from their sacrifice and they then also eat of that same blood and flesh of the sacrifice as the devil's guest so this is this is what they were doing when they offer the sacrifice they would pour out the blood and they would leave the blood pool they'll they'll pull it together you know or put it in a bowl you know for the deity mm-hmm. you know and then they would they would uh uh you know um said sometimes sometimes they cooked meat sometimes they didn't you know but they would then eat some of the blood and the flesh you know of the sacrifice you know and they would be as the devil's guest
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: thereby they would be conjoined with the devil Mm -hmm. and the reason that they were conjoined with the devil is because of the blood See, they understood, even as scripture teaches, that the life was in the blood. The nephesh, the soul, was in the blood. And so when they both partook of the same blood or soul, then they became one with that blood or soul. And so they became one blood or soul. And so this is how, you know, they were able to enter into unification with the devil
1: mm-hmm.
0: you understand
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know i pray i pray i pray you understand i pray that, that's kind of clear you know um now you know because of this custom because of this matter hence we find the commandment um you know not to drink the blood or eat the blood Damn. but to cover it with earth And not to eat the flesh with the blood. You know, this was predicated upon the practices that was um prevailing in that day and time. You know, consider Leviticus 17, 7 through um 13. It says, and they shall no more offer their sacrifices unto devils. Mm -hmm. See, this is what they were doing. This is it's not just them, this is what the world at large was doing. Mm Like I say, you'll be hard-pressed to find a community, any community in the world that didn't practice this. Mm-hmm. I don't care what civilization you go to, you know, and the highest form of sacrifice was human sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, it was done by the Aztecs, the Mayans, you know, and, and many other, many, many other cultures, you know around the world and so you you always when you go back to antiquity you always see this you always find these blood sacrifices you know to these pagan gods you know so i want you to understand that and so the people of israel were no different they was doing like everyone else hence yah says and they shall no more offer their sacrifices unto devils where did they learn that from? Being in Mizraim, you know, Mizraim was ran by by their priests, you know, and the priests were all the firstborn, you know, and so you have to understand this. This is why Yah, when he was bringing them out of Mizraim, he killed all the firstborn. Hmm. Yah didn't catch that, yeah. you know. He was destroying. The priesthood and destroying the gods Mm -hmm. he was letting them know that he is the god above all gods and the gods can't do nothing about it and their priests can't do anything about it Mm -hmm. and he was showing emphatically that he was the most high Mm end and so here it is he's telling them in leviticus 17 and they shall no more offer their sacrifices unto devils don't do it no more after whom they have gone a this shall be a statue forever unto them throughout their generations and thou shalt say unto them whatsoever man there be of the house of israel or of the strangers which sojourn among you that offer a burnt offering of sacrifice and bringeth it not unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation to offer it unto yahuwah even that man should be cut off from among his people so you couldn't you couldn't give offerings nowhere else right. hmm. and actually he said bring it to the door the whole reason because of the um, of bringing it to the door is because that was a type of um of covenant it was called a threshold covenant
1: hmm. you
0: know and that's that's a different chapter in another book. But that was a type of covenant, you know, and this is why he's saying bring it, bring it, um, not uh and if, if you don't bring it unto the door of the tabernacle, mm. you know, of the congregation to offer it unto Yahoo. You know, maybe one day we'll get into that threshold covenant mm. because it has everything, everything to do with Passover, you mm.
1: know. You
0: know? which was a threshold covenant. You know, um, it says, even that man shall be cut off from among his people and whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you that eat of any manner of blood. You know, I will even set my face against that soul that eat of blood. And so we know, you know, this the manners and customs of the people that was eaten this blood you know as i described you know the 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 uh the custom to you you know um and this is you know this is found from you know ancient writings from you know around the world you know such as the mari tablets you know um you know which which they have you know like thousands of you know and it it gave a gave a very clear depiction of what life was like you know in like the uh, babylonia region you know which is the same region that Ivan came from amen mm-hmm. you know you know but like you know other uh other documents you know likewise was found you know in different places of the world in in in, in interviewing people and talking to you know ancient civilizations or or old civilizations that have ancient roots you know, many of them still do some where they were still doing some of these things and even some still do it to this day. You know, some of the ones that haven't been, you know, uh, modernized, if you would, you know, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. you know. And so verse 10, whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel or other strangers that sojourn among you that eat of any manner of blood, I will set my face against that soul that eat of blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and will cut him off from among his people for the life of the flesh is in the blood Yah even admits it he even lets us know the soul is in the blood
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know and so it is believed like these demons who are you know disembodied you know um disembodied beings you know that they're able to manifest themselves you know in 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 our present realm Mm -hmm. you know when they have some blood Mm -hmm. you know and so this is why they're thankful you know to the point to where they're willing to grant petitions say a lot you know verse 11 for the life of the flesh is in the blood and i have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls soul for soul. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. You know, therefore I said unto the children of Israel, No soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. And whatsoever man there be of the children of Israel or of the strangers that sojourn among you, which hunteth and catcheth any beast or fowl that may be eaten, he shall even pour out the blood thereof and cover it with dust. You see, you know, he did not want them sacrificing unto devils anymore. You know, and this is what this was the whole gist behind, you know, uh, getting rid of the blood, you know, so that they're not doing this practice of pulling the blood, you know, and eating the flesh, you know, with the blood in order to unify themselves with devils Mm -hmm. you know and this is what is being alluded to you know with this passage Mm -hmm. you know so i want want folks to understand that you know um the 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 essence of of what Yah is trying to get across because if you don't understand if we don't understand this cultural aspect then we're not going to properly understand what he's talking about you know and take note that he says i will even set my face in verse 10 i will even set my face against that soul that eat of blood Mm -hmm. and every time he used this wording about yah setting his face against against that uh soul Mm -hmm. you know is is in you know is usually in relation to you know some type of idolatry you know Mm -hmm. such as here sacrificing on the devils or idols or you know uh some kind of type of way they've they've committed you know um uh spiritual adultery. Mm-hmm. Uh consider this this uh this other place in Leviticus 20 where it's used. It says and Yahuwah spake unto Moshe saying again thou shalt say to the children of Israel whosoever he be of the children of Israel or the strangers that sojourn in Israel that giveth any of his seed unto Molech mm-hmm. He shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones, and I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people. Because he hath given his seed unto Molech to defile my sanctuary, to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do any ways hide their eyes from the man, when he giveth his seed unto Molech and kill him not, And I will set my face against that man and -hmm. against his family and will cut him off and all that go a whoring after him to commit whoredom with Molech from among their people. And the soul that turn up after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards or go a whoring after them i will set my face against that soul. i will cut him off from among his people and so again you see like every you know time that this terminology is utilized it's in conjunction with some type of idolatry some type of spiritual adultery
1: mm.
0: you know and so like i want you to understand like you know again when the blood is involved you know it speaks to a unification and so this is why you know um, you you hear about them going a whoring, you know, committing whoredom, you know, meaning like they're they're becoming, you know, what when you when you, let me put it like this: when you enter into a marriage, you know, with with um, with someone, you become one with them, right? Yeah. you know and that's a type of blood covenant this is why they married virgins you know um you know you know i mentioned that so that you can see the blood involved in the intermingling yeah. you know and they become one you know it's the blood that causes them to become one that causes you know you to become one with a deity you know um you know whether it's you know whether it's ya or whether it's a pagan deity you know, it happens with the blood. This is why you hear so much about, you know, we're saved by the blood of Yeshua. Amen. Amen? You know, so, you know, uh, I just want to, you know, point this out and try to drive this, this point home. Hmm. You know, uh, and so I want you to see that, you know, it was, you know, again, he'll set his face against those that enter into unification with other gods. You know, whether it's through familiar spirits, it's through wizards. You know, he don't want you intermingling your soul with no other deity outside him. This is why he says he's a jealous hell. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so when you go on and you become one, you know, with with any and every deity, mm-hmm then you acting like a, yes, (laughs) you know? And so this is what he didn't want, you know? And so I'm just trying to paint that picture, you know, uh, that's all I have for your day, prayer was a blessing.